Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Last week, we kind of wrapped up the regular season by opening up the mailbag. I gave you a chance to ask any lingering questions that were on your mind. Now it's time to start looking forward. So this week, we're going to talk about the top free agents who might be switching teams this offseason and what that could mean for not just their fantasy value, but the fantasy value of the players around them on their current teams. And then next week, we'll be revisiting the top prospects in this year's draft class to see what's changed after the college season, what their arrival could mean for the fantasy landscape in 2021. And the goal here is just to get you that head start. I've talked about it before, but you want that head start on your competition. When everybody else starts tuning into free agency around March or draft coverage in April, you're already going to have a strong knowledge of what to expect. So let's bring in today's guest to help us out. Michael McClymont, one of our longest tenured NFL editors at The Score, which is awesome to see because back when I ran our NFL team, I was actually the one that hired him. So he's making me look good all these years. And you should make sure you're following him on Twitter, at Mike McWriter. Welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Boone. Appreciate it. Well, it's funny having you on because it makes me want to talk about some of our our guilty pleasures, our really silly guilty pleasures, I'll say. Like, we both love the show Temptation Island. I'm not that big into reality TV, but for some reason that show gets me. Or even we always joke about our coworker Christian's YouTube page, Obscurus Tourist, but we got no time for that today. We've got a lot to cover, a lot I want to go over. And before we get into the top free agents, I wanted to ask you about your recent article on five predictions for the 2021 NFL season. I really enjoyed where you went with it, and I'm not going to make you talk about all five today because we're going to get people to go read the article on the score, but I just want to focus on a couple of them. The first is the prediction that Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded by the Browns this offseason, which a few years ago, it would have been shocking to think that OBJ could get traded not just once, but twice in a few years here. But that's where you think this is headed with the Browns. Yeah, that's uh, one of our our favorite features of the year right there on the football calendar. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, yeah, that OBJ thing, it keeps bubbling up. It has been ever since he's been acquired by the Browns. And we've got a good gauge now of what the Browns are with and without him. I think it's fair to say that if there's going to be a parting of ways, that it, it's pretty realistic to, to see it happening in 2021. So with OBJ in the lineup... Um, Baker Mayfield and him, they've, they've played 22 games together, and Baker's completion percentage is around 59%. He's thrown 32 touchdowns, 27 picks. And then without OBJ, he had nine regular season games where he threw 15 touchdowns, just two picks, and he completed 64% of his throws. And then you throw into the mix, this was written before the last week of the regular season, you throw into the mix the last game against Pittsburgh in the regular season and the playoff game, that's four more touchdowns from Baker, Again, strong completion percentage. So this is more about what Baker is without OBJ than so much as what OBJ is to the Browns. Because um, without him in the lineup, Baker just seems to be more comfortable um, distributing the football. He doesn't feel like he has to force it to one person. And then the Browns, again, will take more focus onto their running game rather than making sure OBJ is okay and, and he's tuned into the game from the beginning and, and he's not uh, upset with his target share. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty realistic uh, prediction for, from our end. Yeah, and the other thing to factor in there is the OBJ injury, right? I had an opportunity to get him into dynasty trade at the end of this season and I just wasn't sure what kind of shape he's going to be. And he's going to have nine or ten months before the start of next season to come back from that torn ACL. But 
I just don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in and how much of an impact he'll be able to make early next season. And he's getting up there too, right? The guy's still a star, but it's going to be really interesting to see there. The other one of your predictions that I want to get your thoughts on is the Jaguars finishing with a 500 record or better next year. (laughs) And if the NFL moves to the 17-game schedule next season – that means that you're predicting them for at least a nine and eight finish. It's going to be weird getting used to those numbers, right? We're so used to like eight and eight, and nine and seven and all that stuff. But is that prediction, is it just mostly based on Trevor Lawrence, who's expected to go number one overall and end up being their new quarterback? Or is there something else? I mean, no, we know there's going to be new coaching staff and everything there. What's enticing you about the Jags in 2021? Okay, I'll give you a peek. I'll give the the readers and the the listeners a peek behind the curtain here. This one was initially written as Jets finish over 500 because, again, <laughs> okay. we were discussing this before the last week of the regular season and uh, the last couple weeks. And then the Jets went out and won a couple games for whatever reason. So, um, again, this was built believing that it was going to be a Jets-Trevor Lawrence marriage. Now we turn the focus to the Jaguars because, again, now they're the favorite to land Lawrence. And, okay, maybe he doesn't account for eight-plus wins on his own, but you add him and a head coach like maybe Urban Meyer, maybe Eric Bieniemy, and then you add the available cap space that the Jaguars are going to have, which is, like I believe it's a league-leading, like $73 million or something like that. And then the cap's going to go down this year. Other teams are going to be shedding talent. It's a it's a perfect kind of uh, a perfect confluence there of events in which the Jags can add more pieces to their offense, add more pieces to a defense that already has like uh, C.J. Henderson out there. You still got Miles Jack, and again, you bring in the right coaching staff. It's it's not impossible to think that this team can go 500 or better. We've seen quick turnarounds happen in the in the NFL. It happens almost every season. I agree with you, and like from a fantasy perspective initially like you would have thought like the Jets would be a pretty decent landing spot for Lawrence they got Denzel Mims last year he looked all right in limited duty this season Jamison Crowder they got some weapons there but the Jags are are, it's a better landing spot they have better better receivers we saw James Robinson break out like there's a lot of talent in that offense so yeah I could see it being a nice landing spot for Lawrence and I could see that offense putting up some decent points this year but I encourage everybody Go check out McClyman's predictions, that whole article on the score app. But now we can get to the heart of today's show here. Let's go over the top free agents and really the storylines that are probably going to dominate the NFL news cycle over the next couple months here. We got the new league year officially beginning on March 17th, but we know there's that legal tampering period 48 hours before. And during that time, we get most of the deals reported, right? So for today, I want to go position by position here so that we can try to touch on everything in terms of the top guys. Let's start at quarterback. There's really only one significant name available, and that's Dak Prescott. And I think most people probably assume Jerry Jones and company are going to find a way to keep Prescott in Dallas. But Dallas also has the 10th overall pick in the draft, and there's a lot of intriguing quarterback prospects this year. We're going to talk more about that rookie crop next week, but McClendon, is it a lock here that the Cowboys are going to bring Dak back? Are we just wasting our time even considering a scenario where he's not in Dallas next year? Yeah, I would think so. I think that's one of the bigger locks of the offseason there. The Cowboys got to look at life and what it's like without Dak, and it was not pretty. So let's never forget that Ben DiNucci era. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even when uh, even when Andy Dalton came back in and led them at the end of the season, it's it still wasn't ideal. And this isn't so much about 
wins and losses as the Cowboys, what they were at the end of the season, they were getting pulled from primetime games. That's not something that Jerry Jones wants to see from his franchise there. So, yeah, there's there's no doubt they're going to try and bring Dak back. He has them over a barrel. Yeah, still feels like that crew is going to be back together, and that means that all those guys are going to be producing for fantasy managers in 2021. And like I said earlier, it's a big drop-off after Dak in terms of free agent quarterbacks. There's older vets. You got Cam Newton. If you want to go even older, there's Phillip Rivers. We still need to wait and see if Rivers is going to retire or not here. And based on his press conference there, I wonder whether this is going to be it for him, but we'll see. One name that I still find very interesting, and I know you do too, is Jameis Winston. The last time we saw him in a starting role, I talked about him all offseason leading up to free agency because I thought he was going to get a starting job somewhere. Last time we saw him in a starting role, the guy threw for over 5,000 yards. He has the second most passing yards all time in his first five NFL seasons behind only Peyton Manning. And he's only going to be 27 when the season starts. So it's possible there's going to be a team out there after he took this year where he learned behind Drew Brees. It's possible there's going to be a team out there that's going to give him a shot. Now, McClymouth, you know Jameis as well as anyone because you're a huge Bucks fan. Does he deserve a starting job in 2021? Wow, you should be his agent there. You just laid out all the positives from for Jameis. Maybe I own him in a dynasty league or two. Maybe I'm still trying to pump up his value. That's right. That's right. Because if we're talking about deserve, you can't throw 30 picks in a season and think you deserve anything. <laughs> if he deserved a starting job, he would have been in there this year. And, and honestly, how embarrassing for the guy to see the passing stats, what Taysom Hill did, uh, throwing the football when he was in there, and the, and the fact that Jameis couldn't leapfrog him. So... I think Jameis is an ideal backup. He's he's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. He can win you a game or two. He'll throw the ball around the park. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great for fantasy. And he'll do that with no fear. But you don't want to have to rely on the guy for a full season to get you to the playoffs. So I think, again, he, he'll fit the mold that his former backup was. And, and that's the, fine, the Ryan Fitzpatrick mold. Yeah, I was going to say if Drew Locke can be an NFL starter, then Jameis should still be an NFL starter, but maybe Drew Locke won't be an NFL starter come next season either, so we'll (laughs) see about that. Uh, Let's move on to running backs. Lots of big names here. We saw a couple of the guys get signed to long-term deals before this season, so it kept them off the free agent market, guys like Derrick Henry and those guys, but there's still plenty of talent available. We could start with Aaron Jones. I know A.J. Dillon didn't do much during his rookie season. He was really just playing behind Jones and Jamal Williams. But now both those guys are free agents, which leaves us with this unanswered question that we've really had since the draft. Did the Packers take Dylan to replace Jones? Or are we going to see Jones sign a new deal, stay in Green Bay, and maybe have Dylan just replace Jamal Williams as the the second back, the backup in that offense? What do you think? Do you think Jones is going to stick around there? Do you think A.J. Dylan is going to end up being the guy in that offense this year? Yeah, I think he was drafted as protection for if Jones asks for too much money this offseason, which I think is a distinct possibility here. Well, we know according to Jones, there's already been negotiations, right? He said his agent's been talking with the team, and there was kind of some speculation before last season he was going to be another one of those guys that signed a deal, and then it didn't happen, and now we're kind of you know leaving it up in the air here. Mm-hmm. The fact that it even got to this point, that they let it wait so long into the offseason – Again, we're talking about the Packers here. They're not about to overpay anyone. And it proved a wise decision to draft Dylan. You have these three backs, including Jamal Williams, who also saw time this year. So, um, yeah, even though it was a short appearance from from Dylan in the regular season, he had that great game against the Titans. 
he probably proved to the franchise that they can put just about anyone back there and be successful. So I, I, honestly, I'm I'm thinking that Aaron Jones is probably saying, see, ya. he'll probably get, you know, a good contract somewhere else. Teams just aren't about to pay top dollar to keep their back unless it's Derrick Henry. Yeah, and I really wouldn't be surprised by any outcome here. Normally, you feel pretty strong one way or the other, but if you're in a league where you can stash Dylan right now, if you can acquire him at a decent value in Dynasty, you should be all over that. That's the kind of move that you should be making before we find out, right? Because you put yourself in a position. It's all about probabilities. You put yourself in a position where if Jones does leave, all of a sudden, Dylan's value goes through the roof. Now, there's a second tier of free agent running back, so guys like Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake and James Conner, we could throw in there. Of that trio, who do you think's most likely to be playing for a new team in 2021? Okay, if we're talking most likely not to return, I think it's Conner. Um, the, the Steelers seem to grow a little more and more discontented with him by the end of the season there um, as the season wore on. Sure, he's he's been dealing with injuries. It's been like that for the majority of the past couple seasons. But he also just wasn't very effective when he got the chance to run with it. And we know how much the Steelers love to run the ball. Um, so, yeah, Benny Snell, he saw a lot of work at the end of the season. Connor, the, the guy averaged like 55 rushing yards per game. I, um, yeah, I think it, it would be a surprise to see him stick around in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he really didn't do enough to warrant a new deal. And there was talk that even if he had a decent season, he might not be back. And then he comes out and has the season that he had where they didn't even seem like they trusted him, right? They worked all those other guys in, like you said. It might be that their run game just needs a complete overhaul. I could see them spending like a second round pick and try to get one of the top backs in next year's draft and and try to upgrade that way. But I frame my question this that way for a reason because it's kind of similar to the Jones situation, right? You If you have the opportunity in your league, go and stash guys like Rashad Penny or Chase Edmonds or Benny Snell, who you just talked about. Or if you want to go deeper, look at guys like DJ Dallas in Seattle and Eno Benjamin with the Cardinals or Anthony McFarlane, who was somebody that I talked about last offseason after the Steelers drafted him as a potential replacement this year for Connor, right? All those guys have a shot at bigger roles if the starter leaves. So I think that's the play. You acquire them at a, a decent value right now if you can. You try to get ahead of any news coming out where we find out any certainty about, you know, there's no chance that Connor is going to come back or something like that. Because as soon as that report goes out there, the value of those other players in that backfield goes way up, right? Even if they are going to end up drafting someone, the value of those guys right now would still go way up. And then maybe you could turn around and trade them if you think that there's going to be a, a guy drafted there. So it's like anything in fantasy. Like I said before, it's all about probabilities. Nothing's guaranteed. But if you make plays like that, if you go and get ahead of the news and try to pick up those players, try to forecast what's going to happen before it happens, that's how you could score really big. And, you know, if one of those guys hits, I mean, you'd be getting an outstanding value in those offenses. Let's wrap up running backs, though. I'm going to bunch a ton of free agent runners together, kind of the the next group that I see. I'm going to put them all together here okay. and see who you like best. So Philip Lindsay, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Williams, who we talked about, Mike Davis, who we saw have a great year for the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey out, Gus Edwards, and Jeff Wilson Jr., who got some really nice opportunity with the 49ers and had some really big games this season. Who do you think is the, the best of the rest at running back in that big group there? Which one of those vets has the best chance to make a fantasy impact this season? Okay, um, out of those names, the one that jumps out at me is Marlon Mack. Um, he looked good in spurts as a lead back, 
It is alarming that he didn't do better with that offensive line, but he does have two 1,000-yard seasons. And uh, I think he had about nine TDs in 2018, eight TDs in 2019. So he, he likely won't find a better situation blocking-wise, but he, he could thrive and given more opportunity elsewhere. So put him on, say, the Jets, and let's see what he can do. I also like Jeff Wilson Jr., as you mentioned at the end there, but I like him with Kyle Shanahan. I like him as that, that guy off the yep. bench that just comes on comes on and explodes in fantasy. But uh, he might not like it, but I like it for fantasy. Well, it's a tough question, too, because it really comes down to landing spot for the guys of that kind of talent, right? It's not one of the elite players that we're talking about, one of the guys that you know can maybe produce on their own. These are guys that if they end up in the right situation, their fantasy value will go way, way up. But I would still, I'd be placing chips on, on Lindsay, on Davis, who isn't that old. Like he, after what he did this year, he could get signed to be somebody's starter. That's not crazy. Jamal Williams, who looked a lot better this year, even in his limited opportunity, or Wilson. I do like Wilson. I'd be curious to see what he could do for another team. I agree with you there that his best chance is probably with the 49ers, but. In the right spot, any one of those guys could be fantasy factors, and we'll spend a lot more time talking about them throughout the offseason in the coming months here. For now, let's push ahead to wide receiver. Just some massive stars set to hit free agency here. The biggest, in my opinion, Allen Robinson. The last two seasons, all right, with the combination of Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles at quarterback, Robinson has 200 catches, 2,397 yards, and 13 touchdowns. And he has really never had a good quarterback. Even that 1,400-yard, 14-touchdown season back in Jacksonville, remember, that was with Blake Bortles, too. So I think we'd all like to see him connect with a quality quarterback based on, you know, how annoyed he seemed with the Bears this season. I think there's a good chance he's not going to be back in Chicago. So where would you like to see him land? You know, where would be the best spot for him? And you better say a team that has a good quarterback here. (laughs) Yeah, what a seven-year run for this guy so far. (laughs) To me, honestly, to me, this screams New York Jets because they famously misplayed their hand with Robbie Anderson (laughs) and they have the resources to go after him. But, But yeah, for his sake and for fantasy purposes, I'd love to see him join Lamar Jackson on the Ravens. Um, the, Lamar, he's got all the speed threats, all the downfield threats. He needs a big bodied receiver. He needs a security blanket outside of Mark Andrews for when times get tough, those third down plays. Um, I, I think that'd be the ideal spot for Robinson. And also, please, let's give Allen a legit good QB for once. Yeah, I mean, you're giving him a good QB, but you're putting him on a team that never throws the ball to the receivers. <laughs> they, they very rarely want to take the shots to the receivers there, so that would be tough for him. I thinking about cap space, you mentioned the the Jags having the most cap space earlier. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see him go back to Jacksonville, play oh, with wow. Trevor Lawrence, and it would kind of slot like DJ Shark and LaVisca Chanel into maybe, you know, situations or spots where they'd maybe be better suited to be the the second wide receiver, the third wide receiver as opposed to being thrust into that number one role. Now we're giving I the poor guy to PTSD. See that Sorry, I said now we're giving the poor guy PTSD, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, if he wants to get paid, though, and he wants to play with a good quarterback, what better spot? Go there. You got the number one quarterback coming out. You got the team with the most cap space. It makes a lot of sense. I, I oh, don't yeah. think it's going to happen. I don't really know exactly what the terms were of him leaving Jacksonville, but I don't think that's going to happen. What about and- the other top receivers, though? Do you envision any of those guys changing teams? The Chris Godwins, 
Kenny Galladay, even Will Fuller. I mean, Fuller still has one game left on that PED suspension. We don't know if that's going to have any impact on him moving forward or what impact that might have had on his 2020 season, which was outstanding before the suspension. But I'll leave him in this group. It's not a question in my mind of whether these guys are going to be good fantasy targets, even though there has been some stuff on, you know, receivers changing teams. But when you're talking about really good receivers changing teams, I mean, look at Stefan Diggs this year, right? Guys that are really talented. We don't normally see that caliber of guy change teams and then see what they can do. And obviously Diggs went out and had a, a monster season. So it's not a question of whether I think these guys are going to be good for fantasy or not. It's just more interesting to wonder whether they'll end up elsewhere. So do you see any of them wearing a new uniform next season? Let me just first say that in that scenario where we put Robinson back on the Jags, that's when the Jags go over 500 like we were talking about before. There you go. Definitely over 500. Yeah, they might be a contender at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, these other receivers, I I don't think the Bucs let Godwin out of the building. Obviously, I'd be more confident in saying that had they not let him play out this last year. But but they know how crucial a weapon he is. but as far as Galladay's concerned, he seemed to be kind of playing for his way out of town, playing his ticket out of town. Um, not to make light of his injuries this season, but he didn't seem to miss an opportunity to miss a game. And that strikes me as like a Robinson-like situation. So I think Galladay's as good as done with the Lions, and that team's going to go through a complete rebuild, and he may not want no part of that because he may be the top receiver outside of Robinson um, available out there. Go get that cash. Go find another franchise to work for. All right, and then I want to ask you about a pair of former teammates who are both going to be free agents, Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown. And remember, when AB left Pittsburgh, these two guys, they took some jabs online at each other. I mean, Juju might have been a little nicer about his jabs, but they both took some shots at each other when AB was leaving. And Juju stayed with the Steelers, but whether it's injuries, whether it's the fact that he didn't have a guy like AB drawing coverage away, He hasn't really been the same since, and then A.B., he had a pretty solid season. For all his issues before that, he had a pretty solid season with the Bucs under a very watchful eye from Tom Brady, right? I think Brady might have been keeping him in line there. Mm -hmm. Juju seems like a lock to leave Pittsburgh. I mean, they got some cap issues. Obviously, that could lead to guys like Connor and Juju leaving. A.B.'s more of a wild card. Who do you think is going to have the better season in 2021 between those two? Yeah, I think that depends on what's on AB's list of priorities. If he's looking to cash in on his first season back and get as much money as possible and go back to the old AB where he's making music videos and throwing that cash around, he he probably could find a better opportunity elsewhere. But if he values playing with Tom Brady and chasing a title, I think he'll clam up and he'll take less to be one of a handful of the weapons on the Bucks here. So, uh, yeah, regardless, I think I'm leaning Juju. He kind of got pigeonholed there the last couple of years with the Steelers. His usage seemed to be like what the Dolphins were doing with Jar- with Jarvis Landry, a bunch of like two five two to five yard uh, routes. I think no matter where he ends up, he's used as more of a number two and does more than AB does. Yeah, I mean, I count me down for AB. I mean, this might be foolish because he could do something silly this off season, <laughs> and I know it seems crazy, but. Juju just doesn't seem like the same player to me. Now, if you're talking Dynasty League, Juju's much, much younger. You're going to want to take him. But if we're just looking at 2021, I think Brown could still ball. I think if he was in a position with the Bucks this year where he was one of the top two guys instead of among, you know, three guys who are all really good, I think he could put up really big numbers still. So I think it would still be him. And, I mean, we're looking – I know that we, we think that Godwin's going to be back, but if there was a situation where, for some reason, Godwin left – and you had A.B. and Evans, 
AB would have a massive year. I'm pretty confident of that. As long as he can keep his head on straight, that always is the caveat with him now. Mm-hmm. But as long as that happened, I think he could have a really big season. And, you know, I don't want to make this a Buccaneers show. We've talked about them a bunch, but I Let's do have do one more Bucks question for you Let's at the end it. here. But it's about Gronk's future, but we'll get to that in a second. I want to ask you one other thing. We'll get to tight ends right now. And I want to ask you about the top tight ends out there, the guys who are going to reach free agency. Who would you want to sign of the top guys? If you were an NFL GM, so not fantasy, we're just talking about about the top tight ends available, guys like Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, of that top tier. There's other guys, Gronk, Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, even Mo Alley-Cox. I mean, do we still have some hope that he could turn into something? <laughs> who would you want to ink to a deal? I'm assuming it's going to be Henry or Smith, but who would you want to ink to a deal? Well, if I'm a playoff team and I think I need one more piece, I might look at Jared Cook. But yeah, give me Jonu Smith. He seems to have some untapped potential. He's a freak athlete. He's like 6'3", 248. He, he can fly. He just needs the targets. The guy the guy averaged like 11 yards per catch this season. Imagine him in an offense where he's more featured. He, he, he saw fewer targets than Jimmy Graham this season, and he had about half as many targets as Logan Thomas. So yeah, get him in a pass-heavy offense and... Yeah, let's see this guy blossom. And then, as promised, we'll end on the Bucks question. Gronk in Tampa. Are we going to see him stick around for one more year? Is he going to be back with Brady in 2021, or was it just one and done for Gronk? <laughs> A thousand percent they're back. They may resign <laughs> on one-year deals past 2021, but I think you could characterize this as like a successful year. Their first season on a new team together, no true training camp or preseason. They took the sad sack bucks to the divisional round. No matter what happens this weekend, I think they're both 100% invested in running it back next year. And then, like you've seen, they have the talent to make the Super Bowl even. They just need to tighten the the screws here. So Gronk is married to Brady. He'll go as long as as, uh, old Tom wants to go, and he'll retire when he does. That's the sense that I get out of that. Okay, and I don't want to get you too excited here, but what if the Bucks won the Super Bowl? You don't think there's a chance that they would both ride off into the sunset? And then they'd come back and try and defend it. <laughs> Win two without Bill. Let's go. They're just hanging around for that game against the Patriots next season, right? <laughs> they want to go up against New England and Belichick? Exactly. Yes. Don't forget about that. Yeah, they're playing the Patriots next year in New England. Of course they're coming back for that. That's going to be amazing. Hopefully we have fans back in the stadiums. All right. Awesome. That is all for today's show. Like I said off the top, make sure you're following McClyman on Twitter at Mike McWriter and reading all his content over at The Score. Appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always fun having you on. Let's hope we see a Bills Bucks Super Bowl in Tampa this year. That's right. And Temptation Island, February 16th. Let's Absolutely. go. Absolutely. It's good. They do it right after Valentine's Day, right? Everybody can be romantic and then we can get into <laughs> Temptation Island and destroying relationships in February 16th. All right. I'll be back next week talking top prospects for this year's NFL draft. But until then, big thanks again to McClyman. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time Leave on time with me